The following is a presentation of Broadway Church in Vancouver, British Columbia. For additional media, visit broadwaychurch.com. Well, Broadway Church, uh, like I said, 2017 is going to be one of those years to remember. We have so many exciting and fun things coming up. Um, if you've been a part of Broadway Church for a while now, like I, by a while, I mean like like decades, okay? You might look back into the history of Broadway, and Broadway is over 100 years old. Like, we got a rich history. And you might look back and back at decades past and remember the glory days, right? Have you, has anyone ever heard of someone talk about the glory days before? Okay, so this is what I'm thinking. Like, 2017 is going to be such a good year. We're going to look back at it in like 20 years and be talking about 2017 as the glory days. Do you know what that means, church? It means we're living in the glory days right now. Hallelujah. Amen? Well, I'm excited about the glory days. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I want to give you a quick snapshot of uh, what's going to happen over the next six months here at Broadway um, in terms of Sundays. Okay, so we already said this, but next week, Dr. Dave Curry is going to be here. And he's going to be speaking on the subject on how to pass on your faith to the next generation. If you're not familiar with Dr. Dave Curry and his ministry, uh, this is going to be a Sunday you're going to want to be at church next week. Uh, he's great. You'll love him. Um, the following week, we're starting our SOS series, okay? And it's all about how to care for the deepest part of you, your souls, okay? It's going to be a great series. You're going to want to be a part of that as well. Then we're moving on to a series called How to Hear from God. And yep, you guessed it. We're talking about how to hear from God. We're going to be learning and discovering, unpacking um, about how to listen to God's voice, how to recognize his voice when he speaks. And then I'm really excited about the next series. It's a series called First World Problems. First World Problems. And um, we're going to be using the Apostle Paul's teaching out of 1 Corinthians. And we're going to discover that first century problems are a lot like first world problems. And some of the topics we're going to be going over is um, advice for singles, advice for marrieds. Um, is it okay or does God care how I dress or how I appear? And on Pentecost Sunday, we're going to be um, discovering how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then we have a, a whole plethora of really, really good, talented, world-renowned guest speakers coming uh, to Broadway Church uh, over the next six months as well. Um, on February 12th, Kevin and Julia Garrett are going to be here live in person. If you're not familiar with Kevin and Julia and their story, they've been, in, they've been missionaries in China for over 30 years. And two years ago, the Chinese government put them in prison um, because they thought they were spies. And so they've been in prison for the last two years in China, and just a few months ago, they were released. And um, they have an incredible story, and they're going to be here uh, to share their story with us. Uh, then on March 5th, world-renowned apologetic speaker Dr. Frank Turek is going to be here with us. And he's the guy that wrote the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And so if you have an atheist friend, this will be an exciting week to invite your atheist friend to church, right? Dr. Frank uh, Turek will be with us. Um, and then we're going to, um, on, on May 21st, we're going to have Mark Buchanan uh, be here. Now, Mark Buchanan is the uh, Associate Professor of Pastoral Theology at Ambrose University. He's a pastor and author, and he'll be with us on May 21st. And on top of all of this great teaching that you'll receive Sunday morning um, in our service, um, in our Christian Education Hour that happens at 10.15 for an hour and at 5 o'clock p.m. for an hour, uh, Pastor Darren is going to be doing a verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of Revelation. So if you've ever been reading Revelation, or trying to read Revelation, I mean, and, and you come across a passage and you're like, wait, what? And then you read another passage like, what does that even mean? Um, 
don't worry, Pastor Darren will, will, is going to be teaching right out verse by verse through the book, and uh, you'll have no questions at the end of this. It's going to be a great, great teaching, and that's uh, starting up in January as well. So lots of good stuff coming up uh, over the next six months. It's going to be a great year at Broadway. I'm really so glad that you've chosen to be here and, and, and be with us. So like I said, today is our God at Work Sunday, and we want to highlight two stories, uh, two more stories, I should say, of where God has been at work. And the very first story is a story that actually you're all, whether you know it or not, you're involved in. It's a story where God has been working at at large within our congregation. Um, It was uh, about a year ago that um, we had this uh, opportunity to um, expand our tent pegs, so to speak, and to um, start a new Broadway church campus in the Port Coquitlam area. And so God has started to move and work within us about uh, expanding the influence of Broadway church within the Lower Mainland. And uh, the plan was that it would be the same church, the same staff um, to, to use our resources and our people, and we had a building, and to just to try to reach more people for Jesus. And that was the whole point behind this. And so we uh, pull, uh, pulled the members of our church together in June this year, and we voted, saying, should we take on this new initiative to start a new uh, Broadway Church Pork Coquitlam campus? And 97% of the people, the members, voted yes. Let's step out in faith and let's do this. And so we want to give you a quick little uh, uh, recap and update on how God has been at work within our Port Coquitlam campus. Let's watch this together. Over a year ago now, Broadway Church was approached by a church in Port Coquitlam, one of our sister churches, and we were asked to assume leadership of this church. This church had been established in the community for many, many years and had been a faithful witness of Christ to many generations of people. The city of Port Coquitlam is a city of 56,000 people nestled on the north bank of the Fraser River. And we knew that we had over 100 of our Vancouver campus people that attended Broadway Church but lived in the Tri-Cities area. And many of them drove right by this location on their way to work every day or on their way to worship on a Sunday. Expanding the vision of Broadway Church in the Lower Mainland for the Kingdom of Christ has often been in our thoughts over the last few years. With that in mind, and considering the fact that there are four elementary schools within a one kilometer radius of this location, and after a time of prayer and thoughtful consideration, we decided to bring this idea to our congregation and share the vision. After Port Coquitlam campus approval in the spring, and after a Vancouver campus approval of over 97% in June, we moved ahead with a plan of assuming leadership of this church. We began our regular Sunday morning meetings here on October 3rd, here at 1932 Cameron Avenue. We thought it might be good to give you an update about the progress of our Port Coquitlam campus. We've been up and running now for about three months, and it's been exciting to see all the changes that have taken place. We've done quite a few renovations to the building. We've painted it throughout. We've changed the carpet in the foyer and hallways and in the sanctuary. We've replaced our sound systems with new speakers and amplifiers and things like that. We've changed the drum set. And then outside, we've done a major refresh on the outside of the building and we put up a brand new sign. Also, we've been able to connect with a few of the schools in our community and introduce them to our Boxes of Love program. 
And as a result, a few families from each school will receive a box of love, which of course is a generous grocery hamper, as well as an age-appropriate gift for each child. As far as our Sunday morning services go, we've been averaging attendance between 105 and 115 people. Our parking lot is full. Right from the very first Sunday, we had to bring out extra chairs. We've enjoyed inspiring worship and we've been encouraged by the word as we've rotated in a selection of the Broadway Church pastors to preach. Every sermon here at Poco Campus is exactly the same sermon you get at Vancouver Campus. We've enjoyed growing and learning together in God's word. Our children's ministry has been a huge blessing as we've established leadership here at our Poco campus. Owen Kang has balanced the demands of being a student at Summit Pacific College with the challenge of establishing and leading a vibrant and effective and faithful kids ministry here at Poco campus. Each Thursday night during the fall, we also ran Alpha. We had about 20 to 25 adults attending. We served a meal. Parents brought their kids and their kids got to go to Aerostars at the same time that they were at Alpha. Had about 12 to 15 children each night at Aerostars. We are so very thankful for the group of volunteers that are invested in the life of this Port Coquitlam campus. Many of them come early and stay late to do the work that is needed to be done to do ministry here. They're also invested in the lives of the people that come to this church. And I couldn't be more proud of the group of volunteers that work with us here at Port Coquitlam Campus. The transition from Cornerstone to Broadway has been really good. Um, I was here before uh, the Broadway came in and it was going all right, but this has been really good for the church. I'm really enjoying it. I really like all the people that have come in. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's been really good to see what God's been doing through Broadway and the transition here. It's been, it's been really exciting being out at the Poco campus. Just love the, the vibrant worship we're having here and uh, good preaching. And it's just uh, good to have a small number of people. Uh, I was at Broadway Vancouver campus for 28 years and now this is just a new fresh start. It's just very exciting to be here and I'm glad to be a part of it. So thank you Broadway Church for dreaming with us for the establishment of this new campus. We're up and running, and we have big dreams for 2017, but we wanted you to know that it was because of your prayers, your faithful support, and your encouragement that we were able to establish this campus, and we want to continue producing fully devoted followers of Christ here in the city of Port Coquitlam. If you don't know, that was uh, Pastor Paul uh, uh, who is sharing that with us. He's um, our Poco campus pastor there and uh, our church life pastor here at Broadway Church. Um, church, what's so exciting is the very same message that's being preached here today is being preached in Poco. It's the same teaching. It, pastor Paul's up there right now teaching the same thing. And uh, it is so exciting that we belong to something bigger than ourselves now. So church, thank you. Thank you for your support of our leadership and thank you for your financial support. Thank you for supporting us with your prayers and even those of you that have attended or brought or invited friends to our Poco location as well. Thank you, church. The second story I, I want to share with you this morning um, is not a, a story of us as a congregation, but an individual family that attends Broadway Church. 
Uh, their names are Matt and Rebecca Harbit. Now, Matt and Rebecca um, actually have been attending Broadway Church for a long time. They were a part of the Young Adults program here at Broadway in the late 90s. And uh, they got married, they moved away um, uh, for work, and just three years ago, they've recently come back uh, to Broadway Church. They moved back to the city. And um, we want to share their story with you. Rebecca is a uh, professor of agriculture at Kwantlen University, and Matt is a uh, parks planner um, in the city of Burnaby. And uh, they have an incredible story, how God has worked in their life. Uh, Would you watch this uh, with me? This is their story. So in 2011, we were living in Wisconsin. We'd been married for about 15 years, and we had a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Sophia. We were pretty excited to expand our family, and so we found out that we were pregnant with our second child. It had been a pretty normal pregnancy. I was feeling great, nothing unusual, nothing out of the ordinary. So when 20 weeks rolled around, it was time to go for our regular 20-week ultrasound, and we wanted to find out the gender of the baby. So we went into the ultrasound room, and and we got some nice images of, of our little baby, and she told us that it was a boy, which was, yay, it's a boy. <laughs> All of a sudden, her the technician's demeanor really shifted, and it was a fairly abrupt shift and and she turned the screen away from us and she just said that she was trying to get some measurements of the baby but she was having a hard time getting an angle and then she left the room and it was one of those moments where you knew "Mm, something seems off and sure enough it was a couple days later that we got a call from the hospital and we had to go in and Indeed, the ultrasound showed that our son had not developed his right hand. And so they needed to do further ultrasounds. And and that was a real hard day. There were several appointments that followed that first one and they did more ultrasounds. And every time we went in, we got more bad news. So it turned out, in addition to not having a right hand, he was also missing bones in his left hand. And then we found out that his foot also had abnormalities. He didn't have all his toes. And it just, man, it just seemed to be getting worse and and worse. It was feeling really overwhelming at this point. And I started to really get this sense, a growing sense of fear. So it was in this headspace that we went to our next appointment, which was with the genetic counselor. And she informed us that in addition to the physical abnormalities, that there would be cognitive disability and probably probably muscular disability as well. So I, I was really feeling panicked, actually, just trying to calm myself and and reassure myself that Ah, <laughs> I'm gonna be okay, though I, I don't know that we really believe that at the moment. And, I, and there was a lot swirling around in our heads, so I was trying to focus on what she was saying to us. And she really got down to business pretty pretty quick and said, you know, you, you need to seriously and, and quite quickly think about this and, and indicated that there were only a few days left before we would be too far along in the pregnancy to terminate it. 
And that was the moment that you kind of realized, whoa, this is, she thinks we should terminate the pregnancy. Like, this can't be good. And I, I had a real moment of despair, actually, right when she said that. And then there was this awesome presence that just came in the room. And I think it just was this confidence in, no, this is, this is our son who is fearfully and wonderfully made. Might not be what we expected, but it's our son. And I think initially it's just shock. When it when the reality set in, that's when we started to sort of have these doubts about, you know, was was God in the situation, and where where was He to comfort us in that moment? Because it just felt pretty hollow and and empty. At that time, our relationship with God was sort of in desperation. It was sort of just praying that the news we had heard wasn't real. You know, I had thoughts of of what it would be like to have people staring at my my son or or pitying him and um and you had you know, we had 5 months of this and in some ways that's sort of what made this a, a somewhat of a unique situation because you have so much time to dwell on these thoughts. I realized pretty early on that I would not be able to do this in my own head and even with Matt, and that I, I desperately needed to bring some people in to help me out with, with this. And so I, I actually started writing emails to my family and my and friends and just telling them what I was feeling and saying, help, you know, I, I need you to pray. We consciously decided we're praying for healing and we're gonna believe for, for healing. And we asked everyone we knew to also pray that he would have a sense of humor because we felt like, well, he'll deal with life better if, if he could laugh about it. And then we also pray that God would be with us and with our daughter in preparing us and just helping us because we needed a lot of it at that time. There was a verse that we clung to a lot during that time, um, Isaiah 43, 2, and it talks about, when you go through deep waters, I will be there. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the flames of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. And I just loved that verse because it made the point that it's not if difficulty comes, it's when. There were some times that I felt like, well, why are we being targeted? <laughs> why do we have to deal with this? And and the reality is, is everyone deals with difficulty. and. I don't know, maybe it sounds weird to say, but that was comforting in some ways to know that we're not the exception. This is life. And God knew that life is messy and he knows that we go through hard things. The promise is that he's there and he's with us. And man, we clung to that, um, to that promise that we'll get through this. this the C-section began and there was a pretty big team of doctors that was there because they were anticipating that there would be a lot of complications. So when our son was delivered, they whisked him away into an adjacent room where the whole medical team was. And there was a window that 
Matt could see, I couldn't see anything, but Matt could see and our, our friend, the nurse could, could see and they were watching and all of the specialists were looking over and doing, examining him and, you know, we just felt like forever. We're just sitting there waiting, like, what's happening? And, and I'll never forget. <clears throat> And I'll never forget how overwhelmed with joy I was when the nurse started saying, they're leaving. The specialists are leaving. And um, they did, one by one. They looked him over and they didn't find anything obvious that he was breathing on his own. He was able to control his muscles. He was crying. And eventually the doctor came back and gave our son, Ben, to, to Matt to hold. And, and we laid eyes on, on this little person that we'd been waiting for for so long. And all of our worst nightmares had, were kind of dissolving away slowly and, and God had done something amazing. And for some reason, without having had any sort of specialist tell me that, that he was healthy, I just in seeing him had confidence that he was. And it was actually, it took a few minutes before I, I even noticed that his hand was, had not formed. And, and I think, you know, there was just so much joy that he was healthy. After Ben had been delivered and the initial relief of seeing there was nothing acute that was presenting itself, the doctors were really sure that there must be an underlying disorder. They had every expectation for it. And so we continued to go. They wanted to see him. And month after month, he went through a lot of tests and measurements and they were just trying to make sense of it and understand what had happened. And their conclusion was, we don't know. It, it doesn't make sense. They, they couldn't come up with a diagnosis for, that explained the symptoms he had. We just accepted that, that it was a diagnosis of healing and whatever was there um, was gone. And God had, had healed him from that. And not completely, but a long ways, a long ways. And it's amazing. You know, I, I have to remind myself on those days where there are still days that it breaks my heart that he can't do some things and gets teased. And, and it's horrible to know that your child will go through life with challenges. It's in those moments that I remind myself of how good God is and how he started a work in him and he'll finish it. And he's got a plan for him and he's got a plan for our family. And it's a good one. The future is less scary because I know that God is with us. And it's just given us a freedom, I think, to, to enjoy enjoy our kids and not worry so much about the circumstances and just enjoy who they are and they're great.
Matt and Rebecca have uh, so generously agreed to share their story with us um, of how God has moved and done an incredible work in your life and in the life of your family. And uh, they've agreed to watch themselves on video, which is never an easy task, and, and to be vulnerable with us and share. And they've agreed to uh, answer a few questions. And so uh, you guys get to sit in on a little bit of this uh, conversation. And I want to just kind of poke and prod a little bit and, and ask you a few questions about your story. And Matt, I want to start with you. Uh, what's life like now for the Harbits? What's life like for Ben and uh, for you guys? Well, life is really good. And, uh, and it, it's amazing to be able to say that because I think when we got the news about Ben, um, we didn't think we'd be able to say that. It just felt like that, that time wouldn't come, that it, was, it seemed like kind of a distant dream. And uh, so to see the situation that we're in now and, and, and the two, our two kids and how great it is, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, ben, you know, he's not in school right now, and so I think, you know, in some ways things are, are going pretty smooth for him because because of that, but we know that there's going to be challenges ahead for him when he, as he does transition into school. Um, but it's just amazing to see how God has just given him the perfect attributes to be able to deal with what he's going to have in front of him. He just... He's, he's happy, he's determined, and, uh, you know, people that see him around here don't even notice um, that, that there's something there, and, and it, it's just, it gives us such a, a hope about his future. Awesome. Uh, Rebecca, you speak so well in your story, in, in, this, in the video, and um, uh, take me in, inside your brain a little bit. When you found out about the complications with your pregnancy with Ben, um, you said you emailed your family and friends, and you immediately asked them to start praying. Uh, what else did you do in that time to actually help you through that time? Um, so we lived in Wisconsin and had no family around us. And we had connected in our church. We were pretty active in our small group. And that became really critical, a real lifeline for us. So we really kind of told them what we needed and reached out to our church community. And, and it was amazing how people just came and met us right where we needed them and were able to really lean on them quite heavily because there were lots of days where I, I really didn't have it in me to pray and be really full of faith and somebody else would do it for me. And that was really, that was really important, I think, in getting through. Uh, I know that small groups are a big part of your life even now. I'm, I'm actually in uh, Rebecca and Matt's small group. They're actually the leaders of the small group. And so... You guys do it so well, and you include your friends, like become like your family. Like I feel like you treat me like your family in small group, and it's such an important part of um, of doing life together and uh, doing this faith journey together. Rebecca, you said in your story that uh, there were times where you felt like you were being targeted. Like, why did you guys have to go through this? Um, what would you say to people? What advice would you give them that, that they know what you're talking about? They can identify with that feeling of being targeted. I think it's a fairly normal tendency to feel um, targeted, especially when things are going poorly. You think you're the one that ended up with a really bad lot. Um, but, but the truth is that it's, you know, going through hardship is not the exception. It's, it's actually the norm. And 
when I think the more we started talking with people and people started sharing with us, you start to hear everybody else's story and realize, man, everybody has something that they've been struggling with. And I, I think that was really huge was to understand that this is life and life is messy and God knew it would be and he's put all the supports in place to get you through the messiness of life um, if you let him and, and I think that was huge. Uh, I love in your, in your story how you said this was a diagnosis of healing that God had done a miracle and that God had healed Ben but not completely so how do you make sense of that not completely part? Or, or do you even have to make sense of it? I don't think I can make sense of it. it um, it's not awesome. <laughs> but it is. It's life. And, you know, like I said, life is messy. There, there's no such thing as the charmed life. And, and that is huge. I, I think the idea that... Um, you go through life and life is about your circumstances is just not true. You know, life is about your relationships. It's about living full of joy and full of peace despite your circumstances and through your circumstances. And um, God knows that those circumstances lay ahead of you. And I think that helps in thinking through what our kids face that I feel a lot of confidence in knowing that that applies for them as well, that life will be messy, and life is messy for every kid, but there's, um, there's still victory in every messy life, and there's still peace and, and joy in every, every one of those. Good. Uh, Matt, I love that your story has a happy ending, that Ben is okay, and he's a great kid, and he's got a great sense of humor, and he's got a bright future, but uh, the reality is, like, you still got tough times ahead, and he's got tough times ahead. And uh, how, do you, how do you face these challenges when times get hard, when you feel full of despair? What, what do you guys do? I think what we've, we've learned over the last several years is that we have to be deliberate about remembering, reminding ourselves of, of what we went through. And, uh, you know, in some ways it's amazing what we can forget, you know, um, in terms of what God does for us and how quickly we sort of move on to the next thing. And, and we have to remind ourselves of what he's done for us and the comfort he was for us and continues to be. And so I think just keeping that front of mind is, is something that we've had to be, be conscious of. Yeah, that's good. Okay, Rebecca, last question before I let you guys go. Um, there may be some people here that haven't experienced the same things that you've experienced or they don't have to make the same decisions that you guys had to make, but they know all too well that feeling of despair, the feeling of being targeted, or they, they may not be able to see God at work in their, big, in their bigger story right now. What, what advice would you have? Or what would you say to those, those, those people? I think the you're not... The, the exception, you're the norm, and God knows what lays in the path in front of you, and really, if you let him walk through it with you, it's doable, and it's doable, you know, with not necessarily complete ease, but it's doable um, to still have joy and to still have that peace, and, and I think the other huge part that we learned was the importance of having relationships, you know, with God first. 
but also with the people, people around you. Yeah, good. Uh, can we thank uh, Matt and Rebecca today for sharing the story? Thank you, guys. So much. I want to, uh, uh, thank you, Victor. I, I want to close off today's service um, by reading that verse that uh, Rebecca mentioned in her story. This is out of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 to 3. It says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be there with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You see, no matter where you are in your story, God is with you. And he's gone before you and he's, he's actually cleared a way for you. Trust him. Whether good or bad is happening in your circumstances, whether God is silent or doing miracles, God is working with your best interest in mind. Perhaps you're here today and you, you never knew that God wanted to be a part of your story. He does. And that's why he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for your misdeeds. He died on, died on the cross to take your punishment and your shame away and to offer you everlasting life. Today, if you're here and you've never welcomed God to be part of your story, you've never asked Jesus to be the leader of your life and the forgiver of your sins, this is the very first step in asking God to be part of your story. And so we're going to close today by seeing God do a work right here this morning in your life. Because God is at work and in your heart right now, maybe it's your heart that he's tapping on saying, hey, come to me, come to me, rest in me. And he's offering hope and new life. So would you bow your heads with me? Would you close your eyes, church, as we pray? And I'm going to invite you to ask God to come do a work in your life right now.